Hey, my friends, before we start this episode, I want to tell you about another podcast that I think you and your children will love. So parents, do you want great stories for your kids? Do you want them to be fun and entertaining all the while teaching them good morals that they will take with them to adulthood? If so, check out Whenever Wherever Kids Podcast. Whenever Wherever Kids Podcast is a kids stories podcast that produces weekly episodes, each with a unique story and a unique moral. So if you want to entertain your kids for free, all the while supporting their manners, empathy, generosity and more, go check out Whenever Wherever Kids Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And now for the episode. I want to ask you this. When was the last time that you find yourself fighting with your kids over screen time? Be honest now, when was it? Was it yesterday? Was it last week? Was it last year? Was it today? If you're anything like me, it was probably within the last day or so. And if that's you as well, you want to listen to this one carefully because I'm having a discussion with an expert on online safety and screen use. And you're going to learn how you should approach that as a parent who wishes to create a positive relationship with your children. So how do you handle screen time and online safety without being too harsh with your kids and monitoring too much what, what is going on with them? This is all about in this episode, so let's cue the intro and I'll introduce you to Lisa Honnold. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Ron Katz and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Eran Katz. Okay, so my guest today is a certified positive discipline parent educator and an expert on cyber safety. Her work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal and the Empowered Parenting Summit 2020. Uh, she's the director of the Center for Online Safety, where she helps families stop fighting over screen time so they can get back to having fun together, which I'm ready to admit is something I could really learn more of. So this is why I'm really happy to have her on the show and I'm sure you will as well. So please welcome Lisa Honnold. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So um, I know you're from uh, Seattle, right? So I was yes. just wondering how are things over there right now in this time of year? Uh, schools opened or not? What's going on? Ooh, that's a good question. I think most places in Washington State are starting school completely virtually. Uh, just about everywhere I hear is starting virtually. And over time, um, for our particular school districts, it's going to be uh, at least two months out. And then we will go hybrid, which is two days there, two days at home with a, a gap in the middle day. Yeah. Uh, so it, it'll be a long stretch. And that's assuming that we don't have um, huge outbreaks again. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Here, here we, we just started school again last week, but we did reopen some of them uh, before the summer vacation, like in the end of May. So kind of used to that already, but my kids are in the lower grades, so it's just easier for them. There's no split days and confusing things like that. So yeah, it's really easier when, when it's like that. Yes. Yeah, these are unusual times. Yeah. 
So I think the topic we're going to talk about today is, is all about screen time and screen use and how to keep your children safe online and in front of the screens. And I think it's a really major issue anyway, but uh, these times even more so when kids uh, have to use computers to learn from home or if they have to spend more time at home, there's always this tension for some parents between how much screen time they should allow, right? And this is something you, you deal about every day, I think. Yes. And what's interesting, it's so relevant right now. It's always been relevant as we're giving kids different devices. But right now it is so relevant because like you said, so many schools are online now and it's hard as parents to know exactly what they're doing when they're online because they might have a bunch of tabs open. And even if you think you know where they are, they may also be three other places. So this is a, a great time to have this conversation. Yeah. So I think there are two facets to that. One thing, uh, maybe this is where we should start, is how how screen affects our children and how does it differ uh, according to maybe to age groups. So for some children, it's, I guess, different if you have uh, um, 10 to uh, maybe 15 years old children as opposed to if you have 5 to 8. I don't know, just random numbers that I came up with, but... I guess it's different of how you approach that as a, as, a, as a parent or a parent educator. So that is a great question. And the research isn't totally ready yet. We're still in the early stages of figuring out since we are really the first generation to be parenting mm -hmm. kids who are on devices at one and a half or two and yeah. they're FaceTiming at three. Like they're just so savvy. There yeah, hasn't been the ability. That. Oh my gosh. Yes. There hasn't been the ability to, to uh, start and finish research projects, so we know exactly what's going on in the brains. What we do know is technology is built to be addictive. We know that for a fact. We know that there are whole teams of people at places like Google and different gaming and social media uh, platforms, whole teams of people who are studying what keeps us on devices for longer, how to give notifications at the right time so that we, instead of going away, we're like, oh, somebody else just responded or this person just joined my game. They're, they're completely tapped into what keeps us on the screen for longer. And we as adults are now picking up our devices and checking them 150 times a day. Wow. That's us. 150 times a day. <laughs> yes, that's average. Yeah, I would if, have guessed if, more. You would have guessed more. See, yeah. I, yeah, I know. It depends on the day, depends on what you're doing. So if that's for us and we have perhaps more self-control, our kids are even at least as motivated, if not more motivated, to check in, to see what's going on on the games. They're, they're motivated by all of these games. I don't know if you've noticed there's so many games that uh, want you to check in daily mm -hmm. and like the Snapchat, the streaks on Snapchat, they want you to just continue that daily streak and get in that habit wow. of that's your go-to place. So for me, it's something to talk to kids about at an early age all the way through. It's just, it's us against the device and the things on the device. We've got to be smarter so that we use this as a tool and we don't get used by it just because we don't know any better. So how, how do we, as parents who really, some of us didn't grow up with uh, so much screens, definitely, but to, uh, at all, or, or if a little bit, so uh, we know of them with some of, uh, some of my listeners, I, I'm sure they're screen and tech savvy, but 
it's, it's a really big difference between how our kids are really born into that world. So how do we keep ourselves educated and smart about all this uh, screen use? Mm-hmm. I think as parents, uh, we should put screen use into different buckets. There's the schooling bucket, which that's a whole different topic. There's the schooling bucket where they're doing classroom things or doing homework. There's also the creation bucket. And usually parents like when kids are creating online. Maybe they're editing a video. Maybe they're um, going off and coding something for a game that they like. Or they're making a funny meme. Or they're doing something that ends in a a product or a result that they're happy with or they're continuing to work on. Um, The other thing that most parents don't mind is a certain amount of connection. And that's things like FaceTime or social media accounts. Obviously, that can get out of hand, but most parents are good, especially now when kids haven't had so much face-to-face, and we're just getting yeah. back to it, that um, a, lot of, a lot of socializing happens online now. Uh, and then the third bucket would be the, the consumption, the, the passive, and that's where parents tend to really go crazy because they watch their kids on the couch for hours at a time scrolling, 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 Mm -hmm. not doing anything, just kind of passively taking it in, whether it's YouTube or something else. It's just a a wasting time is what parents call that, right? Why Mm -hmm. are you wasting so much time? Get off the screen, go do something. So that's where I see most parents uh, really wanting to rein in screen time is when they feel like it's just, it's, there's no balance between really online and offline time. Okay, so you really had me thinking about myself for a second, and I can take that as an example, take myself as an example, uh, thinking about these three buckets and how I I see that, you know, looking at my children. And, you know, I can can be honest and and say that it's a struggle for me as well, eh, because I have a seven years old who's in the second grade now, and I have a three years old, and so she's in kindergarten, and you know, wh- before I had kids, I looked at other parents that I knew or other children, and I told myself that I'm not going to be the parent who lets his child, you know, scroll idly all the time and, and disregard his environment. And fast forward a couple of years later, I I, I still hope I'm not that kind of parent, parent but I, I, I do feel sometimes that my kids use too much screen time. And I do notice that it helps me sometimes, you know, to know that they're doing something and then I have some more time for myself. But then I, I, I look at, at the clock and I tell myself, wow, he's been watching YouTube um, for for a couple of hours. How can he do that? And what's going on? Why does he do something else? And then I, I start to feel this craziness inside. And I, I, I guess I'm not the only one <laughs> dealing with oh. that. And yes. by the way, I, I loved how you divided it in, into different buckets because when my child is creating, because he, my, my boy really, really loves Minecraft at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it started by watching a lot of Minecraft videos on YouTube. And then I, I saw him starting to implement it and create awesome stuff that I, I don't know how to do. And, and some of them of them really complicated and, and it's magnificent. But how can we balance the learning bucket and the passive watching bucket? How can we approach that without getting crazy? 
I think one thing we can do is teach the different buckets to our kids and talk to them about what's your intention when you pick up your device. And we, of course, have to be accountable too when I'm picking this up. Why? Why am I picking this up? What is my intention? What am I supposed to be doing? It's easy to get sidetracked with the notifications. Um, But to teach kids about the three buckets and, okay, I see you're watching a bunch of YouTube videos. What are you doing? Are you learning something? Are you the one that I gets under my nerves a lot is my kids used to be really into Pokemon cards Mm -hmm. and they would watch videos of other kids unwrapping, unveiling their cards and going through the cards. I hate that. What are you doing? That's so crazy. So that's the one that I noticed was like, you are wasting your time. That's my my judgmental side. Um, but to to talk with them about the three buckets and say, look, I see you're you're on the couch. You're doing something. What are you doing? And if they say I'm watching YouTube videos on Minecraft and this is my goal, that's awesome, right? They're teaching themselves something. They are they have a goal. Uh, It's the other side. It's the wandering around, um, you know, watching one thing after another for no real purpose that um, leads to a lot of time wasting and also leads to inappropriate content. A lot of times that's how inappropriate content happens. It's just there's too much screen time on their hands and they go down a rabbit hole and end up somewhere we really wish they wouldn't have. The other side of this, and there's no judgment. I don't want parents to be feeling guilty or uh, anything about what has happened. We, we have been through, you know, people keep saying it's an unprecedented time. And even families with great screen time rules, say a year ago, have let the rules slip because there's so much that kids can't do. Mm -hmm. And we, as parents, we still need to be working and we still need to be doing other things. And so uh, screen time has become more, more of an issue What I would say, even with a seven-year-old, is we can trust most seven-year-olds to do something that's offline for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And what I would suggest is to have an expectations list of things to be done before screen time so that as a parent, you feel good that they've done the sort of the bare minimum at my house, it's a couple of chores. It's what I call body chores. So make sure you have your shower, you brush your teeth, do that stuff, and then check in with me and screen time can happen after that. So it's just kind of reframing your expectations about when they can and what, how they earn mm-hmm. screen time. It's a privilege. Yeah. Okay. So having them, um, the other thing going back to the offline, uh, having a list of things they can do on their own that's offline and pointing to that list and saying, I know you can do one of those things by yourself and then go do some screen time. So it's just that balance, having, having some ready-made things already posted on the fridge or already there so they can go off and do them. That's a nice advice because, you know, when, when my child, my boy, especially when I ask him to stop, stop playing on the computer or something else. And I enforce that. And, and I realized that he, he, he says that he doesn't know what to do. He's like, he's sitting there and telling me, I don't know what to do. And there's so much to do. And then I start to offer him things to do. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's something uh, I can do with him or other parents can do with, with their children, like sit together and, and make a list of, of stuff, offline stuff that you can do. You can always resort to when you're in your 
how do you call it? I don't know, screen off time. There's a couple strategies that kids are using when you say, okay, that's enough screen time. Mm-hmm. And then they look at you and say, I don't know what to do, <laughs> right? There's the real, I don't know what to do. And then there's also, gosh, if I irritate him enough, or if I say that yeah. enough times, <laughs> and he still needs to get work done, or he's still doing other things, maybe I'll get more. You know, there's that side too, which is why preparing in advance that mm-hmm. list really helps. And I've got a starter list. I've got a hundred offline activities that are mostly free, mostly not parent involved that I'm happy to share with everyone. Uh, it's a, it's a great place to get started. And then like you said, take that list as a starter, go through it with your kids, cross off the ones that won't work for you, add the ones that do. And you've got a starter list where you're like, go to the list. This awesome. is for you. Awesome. That's great. So thank you for that. And then, And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes for this episode so everybody can get that list. And I, I had another question. Uh, when you talked about the buckets, I thought about that. Where, where would you put, uh, if, if it fits in any of those buckets, or maybe it's a bucket of its own, um, in video games? Either it's in online gaming with your friends or just you in, in your um, Nintendo Switch or computer or whatever. That's a good question. It's... Uh... I think it's a lot of them. I think it's connection for most style games that kids are playing these days where they're in groups. Uh, I think it's also uh, consumption. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with having a, a, a bucket of time. I'm a proponent of screen time bank where you have a set amount of hours in a day that kids get to go do stuff online. So having a bucket of time that's, say, 90 minutes to do video games, perfect. I think most games that kids are playing these days are connection-based, and uh, there's definitely a consumption piece to them, too, depending on how long they do them. Those games are so addictive. And if, if every 20 minutes there's a new round or you've got to work and work with your friends to get to that next level – You don't want to be the guy who has to get off right before you know you've triumphed and you've done something so yeah. <clears throat> they're they're highly addictive and having kids know that in advance is great and then also having a bucket around it so that you know they're not on a game for eight hours is also good so when when would you start to expect children to create and uphold their own boundaries around either the time they're on screens or the kind of usage, like the kind of bucket they're on? Realistically, I would expect them to start noticing by about seven or eight. And when I say start noticing, that's not them doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. That's me setting a timer, me talking to them before they get on, hey, you've got 45 minutes. Don't forget, this game tends to go in 20-minute cycles. So that means two rounds, and then you need to get off. You know, having those conversations, realistically, though, I also have uh, – I pay for a subscription service that turns off the Internet after a certain number of hours that I set up. Hmm. So I can set it up by child, by app. I oh, can wow. put bedtimes on there so that the device doesn't work after 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., Uh, I can pause the internet for one child so that I know what I've asked to get done gets done and then they can come back and finish. So that's, that's where the, the training happens is, okay, what does an hour feel like? What does 90 minutes feel like? 
my family rule is I have 90 minutes and then I got to go do something else. So I'm prepared. I know that's going to happen. So just share with us what, what app are you using? Maybe other parents would like to use that as well. Mm, the app that I recommend is called Circle. Like Circle? Around Circle, yes. Right. Yes, and it's a, a physical device that sits on your router mm. and manages time for your kids. It also is a great internet filter. Those are two of the things that I recommend is an internet filter and a time limiter so that you can practice as a family. So, and the internet filter is about the content that is available, I guess. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Regardless of what kind of devices you have, parents, your kids do not need to see everything that's on the internet. And that's the default. When we give them a device that's not protected, they have access to everything. And it is, it is traumatizing to give them that access. They are not ready for it. Okay, so, so I think this is exactly the point to start talking about that, about cyber safety and how, how can we help our children, you know, safely use the internet. And I, I can give you, you know, a little bit of an example from, I, I live in Israel. It's mostly a secular country, but there are some communities here who are ultra-Orthodox, uh, Jewish Orthodox. And, and in, inside those communities, there is a huge ban on smartphones because smartphones equals internet. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can get where that's coming, where that's coming from, but you know, I will never do that 100% ban because I also realize the good stuff that you can, you can gain when you have this little computer in your pocket. Uh, having said that, I do know that's, that you know, children these days get access to things that I really don't want them to, to see or, or, or to consume. So how, how do we approach that? How do we know? Can we know where they go, what they do? Yeah, I love that you asked this question. My philosophy, I'm just going to start with that, is that we connect with kids before we correct. Mm -hmm. So we uh, make sure and check in with them before we correct a behavior. And the example that I'll give is a, an offline example when um, you've got a four or five-year-old and you're in a, a busy city, you wouldn't leave that child on a street corner and say, go for it, go cross that street all by yourself. You would go through the process and you would hold their hand and you would look both ways and you would say, now you look both ways to your child. And you would teach them every single step of that process for how they're going to cross a road. After yeah. practicing, I don't know, 50 times, you might say, okay, I've seen you do it correctly with me. I'm going to be right behind you. I want you to show me you can do it. Mm -hmm. So there's a period of time just like that on the internet where kids need to be followed. They need to be taught. They need to be followed so that we know they're, they're using that appropriately. They're using what they've got appropriately. And as they get older, they get into more things. So say a six-year-old is interested in Minecraft and some YouTube videos. Well, a 10-year-old is going to be interested in texting and a 13-year-old, which is the minimum age for social media, they're going to get probably an Instagram account or some sort of social media account. That's a whole mm -hmm. other can of worms where we really need to be plugged in as parents because the, the amount of strangers that can contact your child through DMs, the amount of hate and uh, cyber bullies that are out there 
increases as their footprint increases. And as a parent, you need to know if they are suddenly um, getting attacked or uh, someone's asking them to send pictures that are inappropriate or there's excessive violence or what they're searching for is just not cool with you. Mm-hmm. You need to know. And there's no way you can know if you're just watching them on the couch with their device in their hand. So the third piece, we talked about um, internet filtering and we talked about limiting time. But the third piece of that is also monitoring what they're doing. And there is a huge range of how parents can do that. Um, I do not recommend for 99% of of families, I don't recommend a keystroke type monitoring where you have access to every single thing your child is doing, whether they're five or 15. Mm -hmm. That leads to a lot of problems in trust. And I would not go there uh, for most families. The the monitoring app that I use and recommend with all my heart is called Bark, like the dog barking, Mm -hmm. because it lets your child have privacy. Uh, I would put it on there the second they start texting uh, or they have social media accounts. Um, Bark gives them privacy. And when there's something inappropriate, the AI, the artificial intelligence, sends me a little snippet of what's going on, just enough so that I know, you know what was said or what was sent. And the AI is looking at pictures. It's looking at emojis, because there's some bad ones. And it's looking at text. So it covers the whole range of things. I, as a parent, get to see that little snippet and say, oh, you know, in my family, that's not a big deal. Or oh, wow, I haven't taught that enough or my child is struggling here. I need to reinforce what our family values are. I need to really step in and do something about this. So it gives me the oversight to know, okay, they're okay until I get this alert. And then I need to step in just like I would if they were crossing the road. Yeah, okay. That's that's a great metaphor, by the way, with the road. It really, it really makes you understand how important it is to be there and, and guide them through that process. Because I guess most of what we uh, parents do, most parents just, you know, give them a device and, and doesn't think about, you know, maybe tell them a little bit, be careful, but yeah, that's that. And so, so this application is called Bark again, mm-hmm. and seems really useful. And it also monitors, I guess, what they're searching, searching for, and, yes. and gives you good red flags because, you know, the statistics that I'm aware of, at least here in Israel, I think, um, it's kids um, in, in, on their phones or in the computers are exposed to porn as soon as nine or 10 years of age already, yeah. which is yeah. kind of, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to think about it, but it's, it's reality. It's reality, and we need to wake up as parents because that is our reality. Yeah, I'm hearing 9, 10, 11 at the latest. And many times they don't look for it on purpose. At that age, they don't even know to, to, that they want to, they don't want to see it. Yeah. Period. They don't want to yeah. see it, and they're not yeah. ready. As you said before, it's really, it can be really traumatizing. It confusing. can be traumatizing. Yeah. So, just like you wouldn't want to see that in real life. You certainly want to have some guardrails, I call them, around where your kid is able to to access online so that that doesn't happen to you. I don't want you to be one of those families that that happens to. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, it does bring a question. You 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 answered a little piece of it, but I just want to emphasize that I think uh, people who listen to to this podcast or part of my my group or part of of this world are parents who really want to to find a way to. Uh, have a, an enduring and positive connection with the children, not use parenting methods such as, you know, being really harsh and, and constrictive. And when we're talking about monitoring, either if it's screen use, so how many, you know, hours a day you can can use the screen, which is something I'm, I'm struggling with, or I'm not there yet, but I'm going to be. Uh, what do you do online? And you want to strike a balance between... Uh, how how to monitor without being too intrusive or too um what we call you know um, authoritarian you know too mm-hmm. uh, restrictive and so how how would you help parents find this balance bark seems like a nice option a nice tool for doing that you know you, i can know what's going on without being too intrusive are there any other strategies uh, that that you can use be open with your child. That's that's my main strategy is be open. Hey, I am just learning about this side of technology and I'm realizing that I haven't um, I haven't taught you everything that I want you to know about this world that's opening up to you online. Now I know that you know a lot more about YouTube than I do, but I have this many years experience and this is what I want you to know. So starting conversations that, you know, I'm learning new things as a parent and I'm realizing that I gave you this device or I'm letting you use this device, but we haven't had all these talks and I want it to be an ongoing conversation. So to set up this, this beginning of um, understanding what it means to have limited screen time so that you have a balanced life, so that you have a healthy life as a child, um, I really want to have these conversations I also want to see what you're doing online. And that means I'm going to install this other app called Bark, not because I want to spy, not because I want to know everything that's going on in your life. And I certainly don't want to ruin your life. <laughs> it might seem like it, but I care as a parent. And my number one job is to, is to keep you safe offline, which I've done a good job at, and online, which I haven't known how to do. So that's kind of the script that I would use as a parent is I just didn't know I could do this part of my job better than I'm doing it. And the other options besides Bark, there are other apps. Bark is my favorite. If you don't do that, though, either you do nothing or you take the device physically and you scroll through it and you try to figure out where they've been. Mm -hmm. And with one kid, that's pretty much impossible to know that you've done a thorough job. I have three kids. There's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with them and everywhere they've been. And they're tech savvy. That doesn't work for me. And it never did, which is why it felt overwhelming until I started to use technology that will help me as a parent instead of thinking I couldn't do anything. That's great. I was just thinking about whether this technology... Uh, whether uh, children become so tech-savvy that they find a way to get rid of whatever app you install without Great you question. knowing. Yes, absolutely. I would know. And that's another conversation, right? Yeah. I see that Bark isn't working anymore or Circle isn't working anymore. I need to have your device because that's against the rules. 
You don't get a device without me doing this. There's a give and take and I'm paying for this device and I gave it to them. So I still have my hand in being able to monitor and parent. I'm parenting. I can still say, yes, I'm going to parent this device. So if you, if you do that, there are consequences. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think what I'm hearing sometimes is, I don't know why, but um, for my clients, sometimes people who come to consultations and stuff like that, I'm hearing uh, really uh, they're having a hard time imposing their parenting self, their, um, again, the, their authoritative self, not the authoritarian, but their, you know, I'm, I'm the, the leader. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the leader. The, with confidence, the leader, this is, this is, an, this is a no. Like, again, you wouldn't let your child fly to another country just like that, you know, without, I don't know, or, or across the street when they're little without holding your hand. And, and, and you know, you wouldn't bring into your home stranger, strange, strangers or different kinds of food that you don't approve of. But when it comes to technology and, and, and screen use and internet use, maybe because our children get so tech savvy, some parents, they, they, they lose the ground. They don't know what to do. This is where I, I see a lot of struggles, a lot of struggles between parents and children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a, I think you're right. I think it goes down to, we don't feel like we're effective. We don't feel like we know more than they do in this area. And when we look at all the things that they're into online, it feels overwhelming and impossible Mm -hmm. to even like, where would I even start? And they already have this and they've probably already been exposed to everything. So is it even worth it? It feels like a huge power struggle. And I'm here to tell you, yes, it's worth it. And yes, you can do this because you are a parent in so many other ways. And if you're here listening, that means you already understand what what you're all about, which is leadership and starting with your values. So to take your values and apply them to online conversations and making rules as a family that make sense it's just an extension of what you're already doing. You're mm-hmm. already doing this in so many areas and just yeah. bring your leadership to technology. It's okay if you don't know as much as your child. That's not your job. Your job is to say safety is where I am. And mm-hmm. these are the things I can do around safety. Yeah, that's, that's a, such a powerful mes- message. I, I agree with every, every, every word in that. Um, so, you know, I... I I, I think this is a, a good a good place to ask you. Uh, maybe you can share a little bit about uh, yourself and how you got to this to this line of work. Maybe uh, what is the center for online safety and how do you work with parents? Yes, the center for online safety has a mission to to reach parents to reach families and end the screen time struggles so that we can get back to having fun. I feel like the power struggle in screens is a symptom Mm -hmm. and it comes from parents thinking they don't know enough to do this and kids are always going to know more. Um, But to step back and say, we have the skills we need. We just need to apply them. Um, Center for Online Safety was born three years ago. My kids are 16, 14 and 11. And three years ago, I got a message from another mom that said, your child is doing something inappropriate online. Mm -hmm. And I thought, 
oh no, <laughs> I'm doing everything that I know how to do. Like many parents, I, I see what they're doing offline. I know they're good kids. How could I let this happen? And there was so much guilt and shame and um, just shock that this was happening in my world. And I shared it with a couple of friends and they shocked me back by saying, yeah, this has happened to us and we didn't know what to do about it. And I got, I got really angry that this is the world we're living in, that um, kids are by default at risk for so much bad thing, so many bad things online. Um, and as I talked to more parents, they were looking for simple, easy guidance. And I was learning how to be a better parent for online safety and shared that with them. And this business was created. The Center for Online Safety was created from that need that I saw. Um, I pivoted the business I was in and, uh, you know, long-term five years, I would love for devices to be kid-friendly, kid-safe with the, the right limits and filters already in place so that we as parents could feel great about this choice to expose them to all the great stuff that tech technology is. Uh, but for now, we've got to piecemeal it together uh, to have the safety on those devices. So I am passionate about this, this project, this keeping kids safe online. Um, it's a huge, huge field. And the more families that I can impact to get back to having fun together, because there's not this, it's, it's us against our kids. And it's the power struggle of, I want screen time as a child and all my friends have it. And us as the parents saying, well, I don't know if I can do anything about it, but I'm going to try, mm -hmm. you know, th there's a power struggle that happens. I want that to end. I want us to be on the same side with our kids so that they see the great stuff and we're celebrating the great stuff that is technology. And they also see, okay, they're trying to manipulate me online and there are some not good sites that I don't want to go to. And just having those open conversations is everything. Okay. That's, that's such a wonderful mission to to have and, and to work with and you can really feel your passion coming you know from from your own experience uh, as a mom and someone who really cares about about these issues so and i know um you have a, a course coming up so you want to talk about that a little bit i do parents the last thing i want to do is give you one more thing to do <laughs> <laughs> so what i've got is a course that's called the tech reset technology reset that helps you end all the struggles over screen time. It is under two hours from start to finish because I want you to have tiny little action items and tiny little lessons that you can go share with your family. It's six weeks. We cover things like uh, there's a script for every week that you learn a lesson and then go home and apply that lesson with your family. Super simple, uh, what I call sideways conversations where um, you just bring up a fact, like I brought up um, adults are checking their phones 150 times a day. That's a fact. And to surprise your child with not lecturing them about their screen time use, but say, did you know that adults are checking their phones 150 times a day? What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. And they might say, yeah, I know. <laughs> or they might say, wow, that's a lot. You know, like just to start a conversation that isn't focused on them and the things they're doing wrong. So weekly, there's a, a script, there are small lessons, 
And by the end of the course, you will feel confident that you can enforce screen time rules based on your values. You have a couple of apps in place that can help you so that you're not trying to do this all by yourself because that's crazy. And you feel good about where your family is. Okay, so where can parents uh, check, check, the, check that out and learn more about Ooh, this yes. course? Yes, go to Center for Online Safety. At the top, there's a, a button that says course. Click there, get on the waiting list. Okay, so I'll make sure to put a link uh, straight to that way. The link is in the show notes for this episode, which are going to be on apparentlyparent.com forward slash 31. Uh, so go there and you can check uh, you can have find a link uh, to to that course. It sounds amazing. Sounds like something I can really uh, can really use, <laughs> and and I love how you structure it in a way that parents can really consume because you you know as much as every other parent that um, parents don't have a lot of time to you know to go through. So it's great that it's actionable and in bite size, and it sounds great. Okay, so um, I want to be conscious uh, of your time and my listeners' time. So I think this is uh, we're coming to an end. And I have just one last thing that I wanted to ask you. If you uh, would be able to, you know, go back in time, um, like 10, 10, 12 years ago, and, and educate you, yourself as a mom uh, with a couple of tips, what uh, would they be? What a great question. I think the biggest one that comes to mind is trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself. You have the values inside. You know what makes you tick. You know how you want your family to be. So set them up for success, which in my world is um, it's weekly, weekly uh, family meetings that um, we give compliments and we check in with everyone. It's, the technology piece 10 or 12 years ago, <laughs> I was looking at this world thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm <laughs> about to go into this craziness. It feels like it's so hard. So trusting myself, surrounding myself with like-minded parents so that I don't feel crazy and like I'm the only one. That's a big piece of this is find a community that also supports um, giving technology, especially smartphones to kids later. Those, that would be the, the advice that comes to mind immediately is just support, support yourself, listen to your own values and find that community. That, those are great, great things to do. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for, for being here on the Apparently Parent podcast and sharing uh, your work with us. I think it's really important and it's, it's really helpful. I know these issues of screens it's it's such a big part of our lives and it's a major pain point for a lot of parents. So there's a lot of work to be done. I am so happy I was able to be here. Thank you. You know, have, have a great school year over there in Seattle. Fingers crossed, you too. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, so that was my discussion with Lisa Honnold. I think it was a really informative and, and great one. And I certainly took a lot from it, especially in regards to planning ahead when it comes to what can we offer as parents for our children when they don't have screen time because they use these words such as I don't know what to do or I'm bored. And sometimes they really don't know what to do because they're so used to 
um, to, to their screens. So we need to plan ahead and offer them other options. So you should check out um, the, um, the resource that Lisa is offering for you. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So you go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 31, the number 31. Um, and I will link to all the resources that were mentioned in this episode, um, as well as uh, Lisa's uh, website and the center and her upcoming course. You should really check it out. Tech Reset, it's going to be awesome. If you have any more questions about screen use and online safety, please go to my Facebook group. It's on apparentlyparent.com forward slash Facebook. It will take you there. Join us. It's free. You can ask whatever you want over there. And we are doing our best to answer all your questions and, you know, helping you feel less alone in your efforts to be a positive and connected parent. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts on. And I'll see you again next Thursday. <laughs>